Welcome to the Perimenopause Power Podcast. We are Lisa and Natalie, two certified holistic health coaches passionate about helping women embrace their physiology to elevate their highest potential for confidence, health and energy. Perimenopause will be unique to you and each episode gives you the power in knowing that you can define your own journey. Let's get into today's episode. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Perimenopause Power. How are you going today, Nash? I'm doing well, Liz. Excellent to hear. Well, we have a wonderful guest on this week. Dr. Carolina Cass is a doctor in traditional Chinese medicine. She's the owner of Williamstown Wellness Co. and is passionate in assisting her clients to return to a state of health where they can continue with the life that they seek. Whether the goal is physical, emotional, or spiritual, Carolina holds a keen interest in women's hormonal health, especially around menopause, fertility, autoimmune conditions, and overall health and well-being. Welcome, Carolina, to the podcast today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. We're delighted to have you on. We might go straight into our questions. And a burning question I always I get from other people too is, you know, you're a Chinese medicine doctor and acupuncturist. Acupuncturist. Maybe we can start with you explaining what Chinese medicine is and how it differs to Western medicine. Yeah, um, this is a great question. Chinese medicine, I mean, it's been around for about 4,000 years, created in China. It's a very ancient medicine that it focuses on the mind, body and spirit. So it's a very holistic medicine um, and it focuses on energy. So it's about, we call it qi, which you may have heard, a lot of people have heard of these days. But it's about chi and channels running through the body um, called meridians. And it's believed that when things are blocked, so energy blocks in different parts of the body, your chi is blocked and that causes then disease. And so for us, we're trying to balance that out and trying to harmonise the body by using your own body to heal itself. And also that yin and yang, you've heard that term, and a lot of people have heard the term yin and yang mm. these days. It's also balancing yin and yang out and making sure that the person is the best they can possibly be for their body um, and that things are flowing really lovely. The difference between Chinese medicine and Western medicine is that, you know, with Western medicine, they tend to look at symptoms in specific organs. So if you have digestion problems, they're, they're very focused on, okay, let's sort the digestion out, let's take medicines for that. And they only look at that area where with Chinese medicine, um, you know, anyone that comes in as a patient of mine, they fill out a questionnaire and I ask a lot of different questions and they're like, why are you asking about my periods when I'm coming to you for digestion problems? But everything's just so holistic. It's the whole body. It's psycho-emotional as well, spiritual. I'm trying to find, I feel like I'm a bit of a detective sometimes because it's a puzzle that we put together to try and find what is going on and what's the root cause of a problem and how do we harmonise that person's health? So they, they differ in that way. Mm, I love that so much. Mm. And I love the word harmonise the person's health. Uh, through my own yoga and meditation trainings, actually, uh, where I taught up in, sorry, I studied up in Biome uh, Yoga Institute, actually. She's heavily into Chinese medicine and, and Ayurveda. And so throughout my yoga training, you know, that Chinese medicine and Ayurveda was, was brought into the learnings, which I just was fascinated about. And funny story, actually. So I just got a new couch delivered to my house and the two guys that I was speaking to probably in their mid to late twenties, just asked me what I was doing, you know, for work, et cetera. And I said, Oh, I, I teach yoga meditation, help people to come back to themselves. And they're like, 
wow, they're like, you know, my physio said that to me too. He goes that people are just not tuned in with their body. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, they said, oh, we've loved yoga, but then we've sort of stopped. And they're like, you know, just for relaxation. I said, you know what? I said, yoga is so much more than relaxation. Mm. It's about coming out of your mind and into your body and being in tune with where you are feeling things so that you can very much go on an investigation to explore you know, as you said, um, harmonizing their health and and bringing some level of balance back to their health. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. No, I love yoga, and it, they just complement each other. And I have heard a lot of yoga teachers talking about Chinese medicine and about channels and meridians. And so there's this really beautiful cross um, pollination of ideas um, with each other. Mm. And just so grateful that we have so many options as well. Yeah. You know, that it's not just one option in Western medicine, that we can explore other options and, and complement the things that perhaps we, you know, get from Western medicine with Eastern Eastern traditions as well. Yeah. Those complementary therapies are really important, I think. Yeah. And they're becoming yeah. more mainstream too, mm. which is fantastic. A lot of people are hearing about yoga and acupuncture and and also trying it to see well can it actually help for me which is fantastic mm. and I guess that leads me to the next question where does acupuncture fit within Chinese medicine so acupuncture is, is one tool that you can use um and, and that's my favorite I love needles obviously when I say needles it's not like the needle you get blood test my needles are as fine as a strand of hair so you barely even feel them being tapped in the sensation is, is, I can't explain it, but it's not what people envisage when you have a needle inserted in you. It's just tapped in so quick. Um, they're healing needles. But, you know, acupuncture is one of the tools. We've got things like um, Chinese herbal medicines. We do moxibustion. So it's a, a stick that's with um, a moxa herb called mugwort, and we burn it sort of near the skin to warm the area up so when people are really cold. Um, you know, people do cupping, people do, you know, Chinese massage. So acupuncture is just one of those tools. And the way I explain how it works is that when we're talking about those channels, when they're being blocked and I'm trying to figure out well, where's that blockage, the analogy I use with them a lot of my patients is if you imagine your body being like a piping system going throughout the body and somewhere is blocked up, what I do with my needles is I sort of unblock that piping system so that energy just flows again and just causes harmony again. Um, so that's how I use acupuncture. Yeah, and I've I've actually been a lucky recipient um, of the, your wonderful acupuncture. And I think, I'm just trying to think, I probably started seeing you maybe eight, ten weeks ago now and um, I was having some pretty full-on hot flushes and it's made such a difference. So it's been really complementary to you know a lot of the lifestyle stuff that I'm doing already but I just felt I needed a little bit more and incidentally had been following you on socials for a long time and I thought you know what I'm going to reach out and um and see you know if it works and it's been really helpful for that and another you know a number of other things as well so um yeah I can definitely recommend it's it's definitely a, a way to go for me and you know it's something for that everyone should probably give a go to I think so how did your business come about? Were you always working in this area? Um, no. <laughs> I, I actually used to be a trainer in a corporate environment. So I used to work in insurance and banking. Wow. Um, so I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll 
if you don't mind, I'll tell you how I actually. Yeah, I'd love to hear the story. And it's, it's a bit of a, I start from when I was born. Yeah. Because I actually was um, one of those babies that was really sick. I was a colicky or reflux baby you call these days. But back in the late 70s, they didn't know what was wrong with me. I, I wasn't stomaching my mum's breast milk. Cow's milk was still making me sick. So I just wasn't stomaching any sort of milk. I was really unwell. Um, and no one knew what to do with me. And all through my childhood, I had lots of digestion problems. They thought I had cysts in my bowels. They were talking about cutting out parts of my intestine. And one day my dad turned around and said, you know what, we're going to try Chinese medicine. I'm going to find someone who can help you that way. This is not the, the route we want to go down. And he found this Russian-born guy who had studied in China because back in the early 80s, there was barely any Chinese medicine doctors. yeah. And um, ever since I saw him, it was he was the only one that said to me, cut out wheat, cut out dairy, cut out the sugar, you know, you need to change your diet. I mean, it was you can't find gluten-free bread back in the 80s. It was mm -hmm. I had dark rye, that really ugly sort of plastic. Like that pumpkin bread. Yeah. yeah, the really harsh stuff. And, yeah. you know, I used to have cereal with water because there was no such thing as almond milk and things like that. So... But it was the only thing that worked and he used to give me these horrible herbal Chinese teas, but it was the thing that fixed me just automatically, just straight away I was felt great. And all throughout, every time I had stress in my life, my digestion just played up. It was my weakness. It's always been my weakness. And, you know, I just kept going back to acupuncture on and off and they kept saying, oh, you've got IBS, you know, the doctor, Western doctors would give me um, ulcer medications. I'm trying to figure out what was wrong, but then I'd go back to acupuncture. And one day in my mid-20s, I had a shoulder pain from badminton. I was playing competitively and he just took one look at me and said, no, no, your shoulder's not due to injury. This, your digestion, it's from your digestion. I'm going to fix it. And I had the most profound experience with his treatment. And I just went, right, this keeps coming back in my life and I need to, to study this. I need to, it, it, for some reason, it's here constantly throughout my life. So I went back to school and, um, yeah, spent, I mean, I've got the four-year degree, so I spent four years, well, a bit longer took me, but to study because I had my son um, halfway through and, yeah, it's just, it's been an amazing experience. And it's just, you know, when you've been at school and you just sit in class and probably for yourselves with your industry too, I, I my, my first year I sat in class and went, I need to be here. This just mm. right for me. Mm. You know, I just felt like I came home. I yeah, yeah. And yeah. a lot of Chinese medicine doctors will say to you, if the, the, the career chose me, I didn't choose it. It just was my calling. And, and that's just how I feel about it. Mm. Yeah. Isn't it amazing? There's so many women that we do um, interview on the podcast that have come from some ailments or a previous career that is, you know, so different to where they've ended up. And, so, you know, probably it's the same for us too now, isn't it? So it's really amazing. And I, it's often through that experience that you end up in that change of career because it's had such a profound effect on you. Yeah. And corporate world just did not suit me. I just... I'm just, you know, such an emotional and, and spiritual person that the corporate world just uh, uh, doesn't belong for me. Mm. And good on you for listening to mm. to your body and and taking your experience and you know and, and bringing it into your life. I think that's you know so powerful and and yeah, definitely you know it, it epitomizes our our own journey too. That you know, there's just you have a sort of a profound change in life or an experience. You just think, 
I've got to do more of this. This is, you know, this is my my purpose and, and my passion. So, yeah, good on you. Great story. Thanks. <laughs> we see Chinese medicine and acupuncture as something very complementary to uh, the lifestyle of, you know, whole health and in particular what we're doing at Own Your Health Collective as well. So we'd love to know how the work you do helps women who are in perimenopause, menopause and beyond. And I think, you've, you know, you've probably touched on this a little bit, but specifically for women who are coming into this phase of life, how do you support them? Yeah, it, I love, love, love treating perimenopause and menopause women. It wasn't the thing that I, when I came out of university, it wasn't the area that I thought I was going to focus in. But I started just having more and more women in that 40s, 50s, 60s age group that would just come in and they just felt very unheard and had these weird symptoms that, you know, doctor, Western doctors would give medications for or wanted to put them on HRT. And the more I listened and the more I connected with them, I just felt this really passion about wanting to work with women through this. Um, like you said, Lisa, I do acupuncture a lot. I love treating hot flushes. They, I find them easy to treat mm. for me. Um, acupuncture just, it just tends to balance out the yin and yang is the, the term I use. And I, and I told you this analogy before with women, as we get older, if you, if you imagine a hot and cold water tap, the hot water tap is like the yang. It's that hot, you know, energy and the, the yin, the cold water tap is like the yin. And as we get older, that cold water tap malfunctions. And so they are nourishing cooling mechanisms start to malfunction. We start to get drier we start to get the hot flushes because women tend to think the hot flushes is that I'm overheating, but it actually sometimes for some women, it's just that cooling mechanism is not cooling them down enough. Mm. And so I'd use a lot of my acupuncture to try and bring that nourishment to them again. So their skin's a lot more, a lot more nourished. They haven't got vaginal dryness as much. They're not getting the hot flushes. They're sleeping better. Um, but I also use Chinese herbal formulas that can help with that if I need to supplement as well. Um, we're using vitamins because a lot of women are deficient in a lot of areas. And then, you know, of course, I'm talking to pe people like yourself, Lisa, for nutrition health. So we can put some diets together. Um, yoga is amazing because it's amazing for yin as well. So nourishing that yin, that calming mechanism, because I just find with women, we're just going 100 miles an hour and we're worn out. And, and then, you know, because I did the psychology degree, I spent a lot of time working with women, we talk a lot about the change. And in Chinese medicine, we call it the second spring. And that is that second part of your life. And for some women, it's a really difficult transition because it means the end of your reproductive life. So if you haven't had kids or you're not done with um, the amount of children you've had, that's a really hard thing to let go. And that grief comes up and that psycho-emotional aspect of it and the spiritual side of things that, that can come through from a physical point of view too so that they're all connected so we spend a lot of time as well talking and I find when people have had acupuncture they're so relaxed and calm that a lot of things that are on their mind or in their hearts are coming through emotionally and just being heard and not feeling so invisible about what their symptoms and what they're going through can be also that tipping point of me helping them going through this stage um, so that's how I help women it's quite it depends on what they need and so everyone's so different I think though you can relate to it very much though can't you mm -hmm. um you know even through life even if you're not in that perimenopause phase even we have those um you know those um 
issues with balance right through, you know, from early, from our early 20s even, you know, once responsibilities start coming in and you get married as children and, and whether you don't have children, there's always some other responsibilities that you have to grapple with, you know, a, a job that's pretty full on or whatever it looks like. So it's definitely something that we can be using, um, you know, to help us through. And I know for myself, like I said, it's been really helpful. Mm. And then, yeah, no, go ahead. I was just going to say too that, you know, um, I could listen to you talk forever actually because mm. I just feel so aligned to what you're talking about. But, you know, I, I can say um, hand on heart too, I never expected that I would be working in this area either because when I originally went into business, I was very much focused on trying to support that new mum because I'd had my own experience of losing myself and stress and, you know, and I guess that's part of how I ended up where I am today. But now that I'm in this industry and or this area rather, and, you know, 40, I'm 40 now, just over 40, let's say. And I think there's just such an opportunity here for women. And I feel like there's like, there's this new awakening that you come into your forties and you've still got so much life to live and we can take so much learning from our past experiences, you know, where we've had struggle or had challenges. And so the opportunity, even though we're coming into a new phase, which can be very challenging for women, and we see that, you know, there's there's so much opportunity and potential mm. that awaits. So I feel, you know, really, um, yeah, grateful to be able to support women in that sort of 40 plus um, age bracket too. It definitely yeah. comes down to that mindset, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's an exciting time too because... We are talking about it a lot more and I love that we're having these conversations because our mums never had it. And, mm. you know, when I have women come in and I say, what, what age do your mum or your grandma or your aunties go through menopause? And they're like, I don't know. They never told me. Or they, they had a hysterectomy because their periods were so bad and so, the, you know, that that's what the option was back then. And, you know, we're just now getting that opportunity that I feel like we're just really coming to this moment in time where the energy's changed that especially in Western society, women are not seen as invisible anymore. Mm. You know, ageing is is just not seen as a good thing in Western society. You know, we, we value youth and it's a real shame and a lot of women talk about feeling invisible, which I hate because we just have this wise wisdom. Um, I come from a, a Southern European background and I remember, you know, sitting around with my aunties and my mum and listening to their stories for hours because they had this such wisdom and I find in Asian cultures, European, or even in our Indigenous cultures, there's so much respect for the elders and women have wisdom and the younger uh, people would listen. But that's not happening anymore in our Western no. society. And it, it's such a shame because they're missing out on some stuff that we, that we've experienced and we've got this knowledge that we learned in our 20s and 30s that we can pass on so that the next generation doesn't make the same mistakes or you know just yeah I think there's definitely um a need out there to flip you know that western culture ideals around you know getting a little bit older um you know there's so much to share and just from some of the research that Nat and I've done it's just it's beautiful to see some of the you know what what's learned and from you know those older wiser women and in fact there was um there was an article um, I read this week around, you know, how we need to have, you know, the grandmother needs to have more of a place. We need to take more notice of, of, of what she is, who, what she can share and things like that. So it's really, um, really, really important. So just um, 
have you got any sort of three simple tips that you could share with our listeners um, around the Chinese medicine perspective that they could consider in helping them at this time in their lives? Uh, look, the fundamental tips that I normally give to almost everyone, and, and you would probably know Lisa as my patient, is always about keeping warm, especially yeah. in winter. Yeah. And I always, my patients come in and I'm checking that they're wearing warm shoes, socks, jackets, they're all warmed up. Yeah. And I know that's hard when you're going through hot flushes, but it's about making sure that you're nourished as well because I don't want people being deficient because sometimes women are deficient and they're still having hot flushes. Mm-hmm. But it's about you know, especially in winter, keeping warm, having warm foods, um, the amount of women, especially in our Western society, having smoothies in the middle of winter um, or icy drinks because they're hot because of a hot flush and I'm sitting there saying you need to stop the Cold War salads and smoothies in the middle of winter. That's not what nature gives you during winter. They give you warm foods, foods that root vegetables. So you need to eat in season. And the stomach needs to work at an optimal level to give you nourishment. It needs warm cooked foods that have been broken down so that you don't have to work so hard to break foods down. Um, and so that's a big one that I'm constantly talking to about, like, about my patients, about drinking room temperature water only and keeping everything as slow, you know, slow cooked as you can, especially in, in the depths of winter. Um, sleep, sleep's just the vital it's thing. Key, isn't it? Oh, it's gosh, if you cannot get sleep right... You know everything else starts to fall apart and i always say you need to be asleep by 11 o'clock the gallbladder in chinese medicine starts to detox the body by 11 so you need to be asleep so you can have a proper detox um and and those hormones then can you know rejuvenate and your body rejuvenates properly and you feel better in the morning then you make better decisions for breakfast because i always want everyone to have a warm cooked breakfast even if you're not that hungry have something feel for your body um, but sleep is a big one. And a big one, another thing is be selfish. It's about, especially at our age, it's about nourishing yourself and about, you know, no, I need some self-care today. I need to say no and I need to do nothing. It's okay to rest. Mm, I, have a big, like, you know, I have a big problem with that, but I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of women have that problem. And, and that's our society is that, you need to be productive. You always need to be doing something. You're going to be seen as a bad mother if you've got kids, if you're not always, you know, doing things with them. And we just don't value that yin aspect, that calming, relaxing, resting, doing nothing and not thinking or not having to tick things off. And, I'm, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone else. Uh, you know, uh, some mornings, I start in the afternoons normally um, in the clinic and in the morning I'll be like, okay, I'm just going to have some nourishing time. And I'll be like, oh, you know what? I'll put a load of washing on. I'll, I'll just stack the dishwasher. It'll take me five minutes. I'll, I'll just hang the clothes up. That'll just take me five minutes. And all these five-minute tasks end up taking me an hour a day. And then, gone. and then I find if I go in the clinic, I'm like, why am I tired? Why am I not starting off nice and fresh? Mm. Oh, because I've done all these little five-minute tasks that ended up taking me so long. Mm. So true. And when you were talking about that warming food, I just felt so warm inside because <laughs> I actually remember saying that to Lisa, I think when winter started that I'm just craving warm foods mm. because my husband's a big smoothie drinker in the mornings just because it's easy with his work. And I'm like, I just, I don't want a smoothie. I want warm food mm. and I just crave it. And yeah. I do, I just listen to my body and just give myself that warm food because it just, I feel like it just yeah lights up my soul from inside out definitely and that rest is huge and it's funny I talk a lot about marathon running on here but and some people say to me oh but you do yoga and you meditate and but 
what um, uh, marathon running has taught me actually is I can have that level of endurance and cardio, but then I also know to rest. And that has really taught me rest in, in, in everyday life, in every other aspect of my life as well, that it's, it's good to go, but you actually achieve so much more when you just rest. Yeah. it's and it's it's a mentality that we have to flip that you you know you don't get further along because you push yourself to keep doing 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 you get further along when you stop and rest and so so powerful yeah I am um, and I was just thinking of I was coming back to the food point of view too I'm a big slow cooked person you know like Sunday night Sunday I'd slow cooked a lamb shoulder and then that made our yummy pies that we had last <laughs> night and lots of soups and and I love cooking through the winter, actually, because you can, it's like a set and forget. So you can put yeah. it on in the morning. And as my sister says, you know, if you're doing it in the slow cooker, it's like the the the, um, the meal planning fairy has just come and you've instantly got this dinner in the night. So it's definitely, you definitely have that switch between that cold and that warm, warm season. So, so Carolina, we love it when our guests share their perimen- perimenopause story as it helps to normalise what many of our listeners are going through. Do you have a perimenopause story that you could share with us and them? Yeah, I mean, I'm about to turn 45. So, uh, you know, I do have noticed over the last few years changes with my cycles. And I guess when you're in this industry, we are very super aware and I am quite hypersensitive to things that are going on in my body and want to get on top of it pretty quickly. So I I have noticed that my cycles are slightly getting lighter with my bleeds. I'm, I'm getting a bit shorter. And, you know, occasionally if I'm really stressed, that's when I feel a bit hotter. So I'll feel that that heat at night or I'll get extra thirsty. Yeah. And I've noticed the weight gain. Gosh, the weight gain is just, that just happens overnight. It uh, does, doesn't it? I, I heard about it, but then I just woke up one morning and went, wow, where's this gut come from? I didn't realise my belly's just sort of, and the, and, the, and the muscle mass just sort of goes away and you've really got to work at it. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm consciously just very aware of doing things on a daily basis to nourish my body. And, you know, we are talking before, I think that you said about in your 20s, you know, you go, 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 and you've got all these plans and things that you've, you do and you're very proactive. And, you know, in my 20s and 30s, I was doing all these things, but I just find now... I have to slow down. I cannot do the same level of exercise I used to do. I can't achieve the amount of things I used to do. I cannot go at that speed anymore. And I think that's a hard one to, that I had to really adjust to was that mental aspect of going, oh, I can't I can't push myself the way I used to. Mm. I actually get tired more easily and my body's changed and I need a bit more rest and I need more to sit more water throughout the day. So they're the little changes that I'm noticing where I have to start adapting my exercise regime where I do do a bit of that yang exercise, like you said, about the marathon running or I do PT training with a local mum here who's fantastic. But I also do the yin aspect, which is the yoga, the Pilates. The, I, I love to walk just out near the beach and, you know, just doing a little bit of the both so that I can balance the two out. So it's just about I've had to just change how I live my life and what I do and and my stress levels too have to be managed more. So you just got to keep on top of it. So that's sort of been my journey so far, but I know I'm still quite a little bit away from actually going through menopause. Mm, I resonate with so much with what you said. And I think for me, 
um, just the realization that I probably can't get as much, you know, bang, bang, bang. I sort of used to go and, and had no issue with it. And I've talked about it before on the podcast where I just now have to do one thing at a time, whereas previously I'd have a few things on the go. It's almost frustrating that you can't do that anymore, but in the same breath, you've sort of just got to learn to breathe and and you know it'll get done, but it just gets done in a different way. And I think too, that's sort of probably where we want to be in life anyway. Mm. You know, when you think about mindfulness, you know, and you think about multitasking and, and us women, you know, we we're like a badge of honor that we can do a hundred zillion things at one time but in actual fact we're probably not doing any of those things very good anyway because we're not mindful to any of them we're trying to juggle all these balls at the same time and that's what I love about teaching with mindfulness is that come into the present moment and let's just focus on one thing you know that that unitasking let's do one thing at a time and let's do that really well and you know immerse all the senses and uh, sensations in the body in doing that one task so I guess it's probably a lot of the conditioning too. And then when you get to that state where you can't function like that, you know, we sort of, you know, that's when that lack of self-love and self-worth comes in because you just berate yourself thinking, oh, you know, how stupid are you that you can't do this and it should be something that's so simple. So it's there's like pat yourself on the back, you 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 know, yeah, just doing one thing at a time. Well, that's it. There's, there's an opportunity there for education, isn't yeah. there? And we talk a lot about that, that, that education before you come into perimenopause is, you know, let's find ways to really slow ourselves down and be present in the moment and do one thing at a time that, it, you know, then when we come into that phase, it's it's just it's just part of who we are mm. and tries to, you know, try and reduce that sort of angst against ourselves which I appreciate is tricky, right? Because we've got a lot of conditioning that we have to try and undo. But New it's habits, just, old habits. It is, yeah. yeah. It's just little steps at a time, isn't it? Carolina, this podcast is all about power and finding and nurturing and, and using our personal power as we transition through perimenopause and beyond. And I'd love to hear from you around, you know, what does coming into your power mean to you? For me, it's about, you know, now that I'm in my mid-40s, it's, uh, you know, if you change and, and you sort of start to get to know yourself a lot better, you know what you like and what you don't like. And I don't know if it was also COVID lockdown as well. I became a little bit less, a, a bit more fearless. I, I didn't, wasn't so concerned about what everyone else thought anymore. I just mm-hmm. didn't care about saying no to things that just wasn't going to fill my soul with happiness. And I know there's some things you have to do, of course, but it, I think about finding your power as women, as we get older, we know what we want to do now and what feels right and not doing things that, you know, it's just to please others or worried about what other people think. And also just so as slowing down, like we said before, you know, I, I'm just not interested in working at the pace that I used to work. It's, that's a very Western masculine sort of patriarchal type system and especially yeah. in the corporate world I had where you go 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 I, I really just not my own interest in that I, I really just want to nourish my body I want to feel good if I feel good I'm a better mum I'm a better wife in, in my life and I'm better to myself if I I'm doing that as well so that balance is is happening a lot more and I'm happy with that and I feel better um so it's yeah they, these past few years have been even though lockdown and everything and, and my change in body and hormones have been hard, it's actually been really freeing because I feel like I'm more myself and I feel like I'm finding myself even more and 
just the shackles of what society or anyone else thinks is just disappearing. So yeah. it's a nice piece that you can come, you know, come at, isn't it? Um, mm. In relation to being kinder to yourself. Yes. And that you're enough and you've achieved enough. I've done enough in life. I've achieved enough. I have done, I've helped enough that I can feel, you know, happy within myself that what I've done has been great. And, mm. and I, you know, I can look back with pride and, that what I'm doing now is things that, you know, just fill my soul. Mm, so good. It's almost like, you know, the fruits of all your work up until this moment is now, you know, your it's opportunity, yeah, to to um, use that and, and nurture that and also, you know, continue helping the clients that you work with too, but doing it in a way that, that serves you as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that sort of was the reason why I opened the clinic for Williamstown Wellness this year because I, I wanted to work, I, it, it had to work with my family and I had to have a nice balance um, and it was close to, you know, where I grew up and, and I just needed to work my hours that I wanted to work um, just because, you know, I needed to slow down, but I needed to do it away. I needed to do it for myself. So yeah. um, the clinic just ended up being, it's just worked so well and it's such a beautiful space and I've got beautiful practitioners around me and the patients are amazing. I have such beautiful patients. I'm very lucky. Yeah. What a beautiful way to finish up. So Williamstown Wellness, uh, wellness um, where can women connect with you and learn more about you? Well, I've got my own website. So I, I always had Sacred Point Acupuncture. That's my website where I've got more information about myself. And I've spent the last sort of, I can't remember how many years now that's been going, but that's got a, a lot of my information there. Um, Williamstown Wellness Co. is the clinic. So it's a multi-disciplinary um, clinic. It's got nutrition like yourself, Lisa, and, you know, counsellors and psychotherapists in there. So they can come to either one of those clinics uh, or websites, so either the clinic or Sacred Point Acupuncture. Beautiful. We'll put those in the show notes. And um, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. And um, the chat, there's a lot um, I'm, I know our listeners will get out of it and, and ourselves as well. So thanks very much for your time. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you so much. Thanks again for sharing your time with us, learning how you can be your best energetic self no matter what life stage you are going through. Be sure to contact us if any of this content resonates with you. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss out on any of our future episodes. See you next time.